0: Hey, what up, everybody? Tim Castleman here. Welcome to another edition of the Two Drink Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim Castleman. I just said that. Hopefully you realize it's like episode 5,000. So if you don't know that I host the damn thing, get out of here. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the last musical episode we did. We had it with the O's. The feedback and support have been tremendous. And I thought, you know what? Let's do more of that. And I'm honored and excited to bring my latest music crush to you guys. These are, (laughs) uh, which is a crazy way to describe. But I mean, these guys, I caught them at a live show probably less than six months ago, maybe even three months ago. And I think I've seen them now five or six times. I actually just saw them last night so we could have some fun stuff to talk about on the podcast. But without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to put a big virtual warm welcome together right out of the 806 for Flatland Calvary. Right in. it's that awkward intro but you're like do i say something do i not so we don't have the whole band here because legitimately people are taking tests and still in school that's how that's how young these guys are but i am honored to have the lead singer cleto cordero did i say that right sir yeah i didn't mess that up Uh, yes
1: or or cleto like a meadow is how how i usually tell people Cletto
0: like a meadow i will like a meadow
1: of flowers and girls are like that's cute and then some guys are like Oh, yeah. Now, I won't forget that. Now
0: I see why you write love songs. I love yeah. that. And the easier to pronounce, Laura Jane, who is yes. with us as well. Yes. So, Cleto is the lead singer and lead guitarist, and Laura plays the fiddle, not the violin, which is exactly what I wrote down. I was like, fiddle, not violin, different instrument. And they make up the dynamic duo the heads up Flatline coverage. So, first, thank you guys again so much yeah, for being here. thanks for having here. us. You guys have had a crazy couple of months that, that yeah. I want to talk about. I mean, we're, we're talking about you had a new EP drop. You're very first deal. You recorded a music video. You spent $20 on Facebook. And before you knew it, you had a booking agency. So there's so much I want to get into about what you guys are doing right now. But I always like to know how bands come to be. So how did Flatland Calvary come into existence?
1: I moved to Lubbock to go to Texas Tech, but like I had the dream of playing music. Like that's why I came to Lubbock because I I got into UT and, and Texas Tech. And I was like, well, I can move to Austin because that's the live music capital of the world. And I quote, you know, using my fingers, but it's like I can be a little fish in a big pond or try to go to Lubbock and be a big fish in a little pond. And everything was pointed. I heard of the blue light, and I came here to play music. Like I, I went to school, and I always say said I gave my degree to my mom, you know, put it in my back pocket, and you know. But uh, I came here to play music. And me and my drummer moved down. We we're roommates. We're still roommates to this day, but we would go to every open mic night. I remember the first week we moved down here, we go to every open mic night, we went to Witch Witch, because we saw they had a stage. I mean, we went everywhere, and it just, you know, just, you know, fate worked out, and, you know, like, we ran into a, a guy that was at an open mic. We showed up to an open mic at Bar P.M. on Sunday, and we were, the, I was the only kid that showed up. And the guy that put it on was happened to be a bass player, and he's like, hey, man, you want to get together and jam? I think he saw that we were good, and uh we ended up, he gave us our number, and he got us on Broadway, you know, and uh, we started jamming. And then uh, he, moved, he ended up graduating, or he was already a graduate from tech, and he got a teaching job in Houston. So he moved, and I'm like, man, like, you know, what's Flatline going to do? It's just me and the drummer again. And, you know, we ended up finding, uh, we met Laura at a party. at a. We played, like, this house party. It was, like, something out of a movie, you know, like, it had little speakers and everything set up. And, like Animal
0: House almost? Yeah, yeah it, was, right? it was
1: bizarre. It was cool. And I we met Laura, we were introduced to Laura. And... Got her number. We, we didn't end up texting her until like three months later. We we're like,
0: all right, I got to stop right there. So random dude meets you at a party, right? Yes. In a band <laughs> and asks for your number. And you think, oh, yes, this is all
2: That's about That's a great music. idea. Right?
1: <laughs> We were introduced. It wasn't like, "Hey, what's up?" Girl. It was like, <laughs> no, "My was like creepy
2: in the kitchen or something." Yeah, but was,
1: <laughs> my buddy was like, "Hey, man, I uh, want you to meet Laura." She was Laura's was his teacher. Oh, our, our buddy that's Joey, he plays for the Crooks now. Okay. He's a drummer for the Crooks. Okay. And Joey introduced us, and
2: yeah, he uh, came up after class Wait, one you were day. A teacher for what? I'm a TA at Tech, okay, gotcha, I'm a TA okay. for music, he came up after class, he's like, hey, uh, I'm having this party at my house tonight, bring your fiddle and come, I was like, oh, okay, I should have said no, but... I just okay. love that
0: random guys can be like, hey, house party, fiddle, bring it, and you're like, yeah,
1: yeah, it And dude, does. It, was, it was a good party, they had two shiner kegs, and that's how I met Laura, so it was me, <laughs> it's always been me and Jason, we met Laura. Who's your drummer, right? Yes, Jason, the drummer, right? Laura, right. texted her three months later, and we're like, hey man, we got this fiddle player's number, we never... Call her, you want to see if she want, want to jam with us? We played at Crickets that night or something, our local. And we called her, and she's like, yeah, sure thing. And, we you know, she, I guess she liked playing with us after that. And the, that was, the rest is history. And then uh, we went through. Bass players were just so hard to come <laughs> by. And we finally, my buddy Joey, again, drummer for Crooks, he would tell me, everyone at Blue Light was like, we were a cover band for like a year. And everyone's like, I'd go to Blue Light every Monday, like religiously, and play my songs. They're like, man, when are you going to get your band together? Like, why don't y'all guys play up here? And I was like, I don't, I'm not... Blue Light is not a cover, a band, you know, it's not a place to play covers. You know, they don't, I want to play my songs, and we're just not there yet. And he's like, dude, everyone is asking me, when are you going to play up here, man? Like, we want to hear these songs come to life. And Joey told me, book it uh, just book a show, man. He's like, that's what we, you know, such and such did, Randall King or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, book a show two months in advance, and you have, you can't not do it. So book in advance, and then work towards it. And I was like, you know what, I just, you know, had faith, and I, this is back, and I'm still a nobody, but I was a nobody, nobody back then. <laughs> and I like remember like sending up the email, typed it up to Parker, who plays guitar for Hog Molly's. He does a booking there. Hey, Parker's Clodo, man, uh, me and my band, I I got a band together, and you know, looking to finally play Blue Light, man. Uh, any opportunity would be great. Yeah, they gave us a Tuesday night or whatever, right. but. And I just remember being like so like shy and stuff like Hey man, uh, I believe I believe we have the talent and are entertaining enough to entertain a crowd. for two- I was plating my points, you know. I think we're entertaining enough to play for two hours. Uh, we have a good following. This that that that. And finally, he's like, Sure, man. How does Tuesday, June fourth, sound? And uh, we're like, I was like, Oh my gosh! And I texted everyone. We're so excited. We got, we got Tuesday at the Blue Line all <laughs> and all stuff anywho yeah uh, but, like, but you
0: but you didn't have a the thing I want to be clear is you didn't have a band
1: you had u3 no, okay. right yeah, yeah, yeah. I went off on a tangent no 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 now no getting, no getting back it's great. to we didn't have the band yes so it was me uh and Laura and Jason we had a temporary bass player for a time but he was he had a baby and uh, he played in another band run home jack another local Lubbock band and uh he had a baby so you know he had to you know that came first so uh, he respectfully you know left and he's like hey man I'm sorry but I told everyone, hey, we're playing Blue Light. And he's like, and then uh, he's like, yeah, I accept and all this stuff, but he was having a baby and he ended up not being able to do it. So here I am two weeks. It was two weeks out before the Blue Light show, (laughs) and I don't have a bass player. We found this guitar player, uh, Reed Dillon, who's our guitar player now. I was in a business fraternity when I was at tech, and uh, his older brother was one of my, he was a member of that business fraternity, and we we were eating. Taco Tuesday. We invited him. I'm telling you, everything happened just by the grace of God. Like, uh, we, inv- hey man, West doesn't seem like a weirdo. Let's <laughs> let's invite West to Taco Tuesday because we go to Taco Tuesday all the time at Roses, and we invite West out. And man, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. I booked Blue Light, and I don't I'm a guitar player and all this stuff. And he's like, my brother plays guitar. I was like, dude, but he can't suck. He's like, he doesn't <laughs> suck, man. He just plays in his room. He's like a machine. I'll give him a chance. I brought him over on a Sunday, and I was like, dude, do you want to play for this band I'm putting together? And he's like. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's how he is. He's just real quiet. Yeah, but. he seems
0: like a real quiet, shy guy. Like last night at the show, like I was sitting behind him, I didn't even realize who he was until I turned around. But like he just was like, you know, you could have he was like attached to the wall. Like yeah, you could he's a not get him off man. that thing, you know. And and you are right, he is a legit guitar player. Like <laughs> when he jams out and stuff like that, he definitely is. But so that's two weeks there. So you've got the first band together, yes, uh, the first alliteration. And has it stayed? I mean it stayed pretty much since that day.
1: Yes, that band came together in May the end of May and uh, it's been the same lineup and that's what I always wanted and we met the gu- uh so this is like so we, we acquired the guitar player first and I got off track but uh, the bass player two weeks out he's like I'm sorry man I can't do it like I think his baby's mother right. put the foot down and said you're not gonna play music anymore or whatever. right but that's you know, what caused but, this baby in the first place yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 right no and I mean no hard feelings there or anything but we're like what am I gonna do so I remember calling everyone and you know just really just uh, and I keep going back to God I, I give him all the credit I, I got you know just asked him for help and I ended up uh, the last person that I had their contact and I just overlooked it it was the last person I could possibly call and I called this guy Jonathan Sons and I was like he used to play for Dolly Shine. I was right. like, man, this guy's a big timer and all that stuff. Like, He's not going to play
0: with me. Yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. Right.
1: So I call him, and I leave him this voicemail, and sure enough, he, yeah, I was like, hey, man, it's Clodo. My band, Flatland Cavalry, is looking for a bass player. We're playing Blue Light June 4th, if you'd like to play with us, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he finally called me back. He left me a voicemail. Yeah, man, I got your, your, your voicemail. And yeah, man, I'm down to jam. And I remember he came to practice one day, and we had, like I said, we tried a lot of people, and they were awful. A majority of them are awful. Like, when I bring up to rehearsal, Reed had, like, hey, I have a buddy, and he just couldn't keep up. Like, and I would say it respectfully, like, you know, but we'd, all right, man, we're going to go through this song and just you know, follow along through a bass player. Right. right. I mean, they were terrible. And finally, they called Johnny, and Johnny shows up to rehearsal and, you know, Brent pull, pulls out his gear and everything, and we just start jamming. And He just follows right along like we've been playing forever. And we all looked at him, and we're yeah. just like,
2: We instantly knew he was
1: after the first song, yeah, we're he like, was a flatman. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it, Do you want to play in our band? He's like, Yeah, okay. And we were just like, No, oh, but I'm serious, I'm not being weird, but like, I mean, are you sure about this? Like, I mean, I don't have to ask you again. He's like, no, I'm, yeah man I think I'm in and I'm like dude we're just so happy we're like thank god one it was two weeks one
0: song that's crazy one yeah, he song slow down. he just
1: yeah. picked it up like I mean instantly and then like I said so two weeks out finally had the band together before the Blue Light show and we just worked I mean we played every, every day every day
2: for like four hours
1: four hours a day we rehearsed every day and we got these songs didn't even have they weren't even charted they were just acoustic so everyone put their parts to it in two weeks and we played Blue Light and I mean, that's the band we've had. And the the cool thing is we played Blue Light June 4th. That was our first Blue Light show, 2014. And we brought out so many people on a Tuesday night and just friends and friends of friends. And I think that people were kind of like, oh, this is something. They got something here, you know. And the cool, most awesome part about it is we signed a, with like AMG verbally. I mean, maybe we didn't physically sign the document that day, but, you know, verbal agreement. Hey, man, you're in, we're in. With the Atomic Music Group, June 4th of 2015. So exactly a year to the date, our first show ever, we were signed to a booking agent.
0: Dude, there's so much in there that I think is just admirable. Like, one, that you said, hey, we're going to take this leap of faith. We don't have it all figured out, but we, have, we know what we're going to do, and it'll just happen. And if it doesn't, well, you know, we'll suffer through. Like, say, if we need to get somebody, we'll do that. You know, but then... To just have the courage to be like, okay, we're gonna just go do our own thing, and then to have such a core group of people that now that's been the band since then. I haven't said it on this podcast, but I know I've told you guys countless times. You know, I think especially I had no idea June uh, last year was your very first show, but like you guys are technically sound. Like every time I've seen you, you guys are on point. It's not like it's it's a it. You know, you see some bands, and it's like sometimes they kill it, and then some you're like they're either too drunk or they're just off or they're just not in tune musically and you guys just amaze me by how tight of a performance you guys put on for only being doing this for a year as a group i mean that's that's pretty remarkable you know and and i i mean hats off to you guys and one of the things that impresses me about you guys that i don't get with a lot of other bands that i'm friends with is that you know you you take this very seriously like we've been trying to book this podcast for a while and it's like okay well we've got this practice we've got this like you guys practice a ton
1: right yeah we we try to rehearse i mean we, I mean, yeah, we can yeah, always practice more, but right. we take it seriously. We don't want to go out there and sound like shit. Because, you know, <laughs> that speaks more than anything. Oh yeah, hey guys, buy our C D after the show. They're like, Y'all guys were terrible. I'm never <laughs> gonna spend my five dollars again and watch y'all. Why would you? You know, if you put on a bad show, it carries over and maybe some maybe they'll give you a second chance, but you know, your live show is your selling point. And then the people that hear about you, your C D, oh yeah, like man, I've had we've had a lot of awesome comments about the C D, but They're like, I can't wait to see the live show. But when they do, and I I don't say arrogantly, they're going to be like, they will be hooked because we work on the live show so that people will want to see it again. Not like... Ah, oh, that sucked. Why would, buy the, why would you buy the full album? Because you're not going to be able to see them live. They suck.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're never going to be on the podcast, so I can go ahead and out them. But like, we went and saw the Lumineers, right? Me and my oh, buddy Chase. We, we went story. all the way up to Tulsa. We made our special trip and all that. They have one album. It's like 56 minutes long. They played that album from beginning to finish. It was a 90-minute set. And they played nothing but covers after that. No songs in progress, no anything. And it was just like we did the exact thing that you said. We were like, I'll never see these guys guys again. I'm never buying an album from them because if you can't, and I mean that CD had been out since like 2010 so it wasn't like it was a new release. It's like you don't have anything, like the record label hasn't written you any new songs, like there's not, you didn't pay a publishing guy once to write you some, you know, and I love it, and I think that's one of the reasons that I love you guys so much is I love when I go and I hear an album and then I go to the show and I'm like, okay buy the album, throw it away you know, and then go see them live because the show, you're in for a treat instead of like I was with the Lumineers, where it's like, don't spend your money with doing yeah. that, you know? And I think that's true, and not only does that seriousness, I think, pay off to fans, but it also pays off to booking agents and stuff like that, because especially as you guys try to expand, you know, word about your show is gonna get around, and you definitely want it like, oh, that was awesome, compared to like, uh, they got drunk, they, you know, they shit in the green room, they <laughs> tore everything up, and yeah, like, exactly. you know what I mean?
1: Like, Yeah, man, I'd rather, like I said, uh, people are gonna, not everyone's gonna like your music, and I don't expect everyone to like my stuff, but I've even said it about people that don't like me or, you know, we have had people say bad stuff about us. I was like, "You when you come to our show, you're going to tap your feet and you're going to like the music." Or if you don't, like whatever, but I've still seen people be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, so it's, it's like, always convincing it's when like, the haters it's like, yeah, go, but, "Oh, that guy's got a good point." Yeah, yeah, more, yeah, Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's what we try to that's what we try to do is put on a good show for just put on a good show so people want to come back again and, you know, be good to people and, you know, it's business, you know?
0: So clearly it's not the same genre, but along the same lines I, I, this interview, I can never find it if, if anyone from the podcast ever finds it please send it to me, but I remember watching Rage Against the Machine, this is back when they did the Woodstock, the second coming of it, they had like that's back when Limp Bizkit was huge and, and stuff like that, and they did an interview with the, uh, the lead singer of Limp Biscuit and they were like so, you know, you guys are opening up for Limp Bizkit, and you know, you got all these fans and you got blah 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 blah, and he's like no we are, he said, but listen, he said, we're Rage Against the Machine, we play second to no one we are here to steal the audience. That's what we're doing. He's like, I don't care who goes on after us. They're going to have to put their fucking feet together. Like, he's like, they're going to have to do work to beat us. And they came out and they did a killer set. And I think as an opener, you know, one of the benefits is a lot of times your headlining act, the guys that typically play after you are bringing the audience, but it's really your chance to impress those people, which kind of brings me to the next question, which is obviously you've been playing together for a year, but like what type of music inspired you when you grew up, when you listened, like what were some? Of the musical influences that you guys have
1: had mostly when I first started playing guitar once I figured it out kind of I learned uh, all learned, like every song John Mayer ever wrote so I, that's how I learned how to play people that's always,
0: right I forgot you were a Closet Mayer fan <laughs> yeah Closet I mean. yeah, yeah, Mayer right. fan yeah it came out but, uh, is I'm sorry I don't
1: want to bring back the bad <laughs> memories
0: for you yeah, yeah,
1: right, yeah. Uh, that's when people you know note my guitar playing you know they say oh he's not just a guy that just kind of strums chords I like to you know play guitar but that's how I learned was John Mayer And then my buddy turned me on to Texas Country, Randy Rogers, and you know that's why I started learning melodies and stuff. But my biggest influence, once I found Turnpike Troubadours, like I just loved. It was lyrical, you know. The melodies were amazing, and the musicianship. And I was like, I wanted, I wanted to have a band. And like you sound like anyone that plays music or something. You're trying to. We're all a bunch of. We're all faking it. We're trying to sound like you know our heroes. And your sound ends up being you know like John Mayer said it you know the failure of your of your idols so like a lot of people say we sound like turnpike but i just adore turnpike sound and i just wanted to something even to similar it, right yeah, yeah yeah and i mean it's tom mooney wrote this piece on us last week for newsling and he had said i like, gave me chill bumps so it was really n- nice words he said but you know it's, it's the closest thing to turnpike children's in some time and i was like that's so cool because i never told anyone I didn't tell him, didn't, I didn't talk to him and tell him, hey man, uh, we're trying to sound like, <laughs> turnpike. To sound like turnpike. It's just, right. it just came out musically and someone heard it, you know, their brain said, defined it as sounds like Turnpike, but you know, that's what I envisioned. Two or three years ago, right? and it's I think just
0: crazy. That, I think that's key. I mean, I think everybody at the beginning, because we don't know what we're doing, we emulate. You know, like even with this podcast, it's like there's three or four that I listen to that I'm like, man, if I could just be half as good as those people, you know. And I think we all do that. Funny, back in the day, I used to. A lot of people who listen to the podcast know this, but you guys don't. Like, I used to do stage hypnosis, so I'd go around to colleges and high schools and hypnotize people. You and open stuff. up for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've seen comedians open up for bands. It does not go well. Do not do that. But I remember there was a guy that I liked. So much I emulated him so much that I did this one bit one time and it didn't work. And I I recorded all my shows, so I went back and I watched it. And the reason the bit didn't work is I was redoing the bit as he did it on the video, like all the names. So like this guy's name was John, and in the video it was like Sean. So like everything it was like Sean, Sean, and he kept looking at me, and I was like because I had because it had just become so much a part of me, and that's not who I am now. But it it got me started, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you say you love John Mayer, you say all those things, I think it's great to have that foundation. You know, comedy, there's certain comedians that I love that I would, if I ever try to do that, I would totally emulate. You know? yeah. I'd go as far as to be like, fuck yeah, I'm stealing that joke. Like, that joke killed on yeah. that special. You know, but, <laughs> but over time, you grow in to be your own sound. Yeah,
1: it's yeah.
0: crazy. And that's awesome. That So how about you? Or how about for musical influences, I mean, I'm sure fiddle, gotta be a little harder to find bands that have a lead fiddle player. It's
2: true, but there's a lot of, I love uh, solo fiddling, um, like the content stuff. So right. I listened to a lot of that. I actually did my master's thesis and so now my dissertation on it too. But I was also trained classically. So I I love classical music and fiddle. So that's kind of my sound is a little bit both
0: Classical fiddle player. Yeah, yeah. it's,
2: uh, I literally have to turn it, you know, turn it off, play one or the other. No, I was concert master in high school and all that stuff. But fiddle is really what drew my heart. So.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. I always think like there's one song you guys do. I think it's more, uh, I can't remember if it's a cover or if it's one, but I always listen to it. I'm always like, it sounds like the devil went to Georgia. It almost sounds like she's trying to start there. And then it goes a totally different way. And I'm always like, I wonder if Charlie Daniels, like he's got to influence people. One of the bands that I really love, Honey Honey, they have a lead vocalist and she's a fiddle player and banjo and all these other things. And it's just amazing to see that that instrument is, is really kind of coming on the scene more. Like you see a lot now, you know, even the, uh, the band that opened for you guys, you know, they had a keyboard player. It's like, you know, you're seeing more musical influences and, and it's not just your standard four or five piece band when it comes from that. So you guys do your first show, and then you decide, okay, do a couple more, do a couple more. Tell me about the process when it comes to doing the EP, because you guys just released this EP. It's called? Come May. All right, and it's got five songs on it. Yeah. Right, and yes. it's amazing, it's awesome, and you guys need to pick it up. Where, first of all, where can people buy
1: that? You can get it through uh, any distributor, like you know, iTunes, Amazon. It should be on Amazon, and but I mean, th- those guys take a while to right. They put it out when they want to, and right? They don't, they don't talk to you, and they don't. I mean, they're not going to tell me, hey, Flatland, your stuff's on Spotify because they deal with so many people, but should be on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all that good stuff. That's awesome. Google Play, maybe. So
0: um, I'm trying to think, like, the thing as an outsider that's not in the business is, you know, let me start with this question. You guys, uh, 23, 24, uh, around that age, like, you guys were the Napster generation. Like, you know, you guys grew up with the Internet, right? i Yeah. Can you ever remember a time? Like, I remember a time when you had—
1: to, Well, I'm Mexican, so I didn't really grow up with <laughs> the Internet. Oh, there
0: you go. Okay. But you saw all the white people grow up <laughs> with the Internet, right? Like, I want more of that. <laughs> so in I my had life. it. In <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. right. Now I get it. I, like, I borrowed Laura's internet. We had dial-up until I
1: was, like, in freshman or sophomore in college. Yeah, isn't it
0: funny? Like, Mom, get off the phone. I gotta, yeah, I gotta look at naked photos at 22 MBS here, like, um... Uh, But, uh, you know, so you guys kind of grew up in the natural generation where music was kind of shared, it's free, you know, you saw guys like, I remember in my day like Guns N' Roses, you know, they'd have these multi-million dollar albums you know, they'd have, they'd sell 5, 10, 15, 20, 35, 45 million copies of all their works and that just doesn't happen nowadays like Taylor Swift, believe it or not, was the only platinum album last year that's the only one, and more bands it's like gold is the new standard so knowing all that, what made you guys say like yeah we still want to record an ep and put it out there for our
1: fans like uh the fact that people can get it for free
0: well yeah i mean like yeah i mean seeing kind of how music has been in a way devalued and it's it's become more commodity based than
1: you know okay that's that's a good question i i just always wanted to you know write i guess like money is a byproduct of success it's not the goal i just wanted to write songs that you know speak to people so if people like your music they're gonna go to a live show and you are gonna pay the. I mean, they're gonna. You're gonna get your money somehow. But it's like, uh, yeah, we just wanted to record the songs because, like, even if, uh, like I said, money's not. Re- I mean, obviously, you you need money to live, to eat, and all that stuff. But we just wanted to put the songs out there because we knew they were good songs, and we believed in it, and we hope people would too. And then it, if it helped someone out, oh man, I just had a heartbreak. I'm missing someone right now too. Or shit, I'm studying and I'm I just, I'm on Adderall right now and this song just kills right now. I'm smoking cigarettes in Adderall. It's like, it just, if it touched any people in any way, that's a currency in itself. I don't, right. I don't really care much for money.
0: So it wasn't the money. It was more to no. spread the word and get yeah. the word out there and then allow people to kind of experience that music in their own time, in their own way.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, maybe someone would think that's cheesy or, but I mean, people, I guess people that, if you do it solely for money, you're going to put out stuff that is so commercial that I mean for the sheeple to listen to that you're gonna end up sounding, you know, like Luke Bryan or something. I'm not calling out Luke Bryan because I'm a nobody. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, if money is your only goal, you're not even really caring about the music, you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it to make money, so you're gonna put out garbage. So, we just we're putting out art, you know. And, Money is a byproduct of success. So
0: to me, your you, you, money obviously is a focus, and I, I totally yeah, get of that. Course, I mean, yeah, because you know, the you business like of making money, but right? I mean. But you're more about the art and the creative process and sharing that journey with people than more of the money. You know, when you talk about Luke Bryant. You know, Luke, if you're don't want to listen to the podcast. That that's fine. I'll I'll lose I'm, that list. I'm listening. pretty
1: sure I'm not the only person. Yeah, really, Brian is terrible. But uh, you fun. know, not a, not a bad person. But his music's awful.
0: I even talked about this with the O's. Like from what I've seen, is like all the people that did all the pop, you know, made that real popular. What they did is they just went to country and they just use that same formula to build these ones. And that's why you have all these songs that you know you even see it on YouTube. Like they do where they loop inter- different songs and different artists, and they're identical because yeah. you know they talk about beer and they talk about jeans and pickup trucks. You know, and it's just like, I mean, I grew up, my parents were huge country fans, you know, of Kenny Rogers and Randy Travis and, you know, like old country. Like, I know you're a fan of Sturgill. You do a great Sturgill cover. Like, that's why I think I like Sturgill so much because he reminds me of that. But I mean, those were people that were like, artists they wrote they played their own music they sung their own songs and now it's like who can we put into this box and then okay here's the songs that you kind of sing it definitely seems so for you how do you navigate the music business knowing that they're kind of looking for people they can turn into hit makers more than people like you guys where you have a unique sound and unique feel
1: yeah dude a lot of good questions i just always like i heard i said john Mayer is one of my people i looked up to when i was younger and uh Now I listen to more country, but I watched him in an interview, and and he said, you know, all I ever wanted to do is be listenable, and I just took that to heart. That's whenever I was writing songs in my bedroom at 17, and not, you know, didn't have no friends or nothing. I didn't go out, and you know, I didn't, I wasn't the cool kid in high school. But I'd sit there and write songs, but I would listen to Randy Rogers, and I'd be like, or I went to Randy Rogers concert, and I'd come home and I'd be like, how would Randy sing this, or how would people that I look up to, how would? they wrote this song, how would they sing it? How would they voice it? And i just copy people. I'd, I'd uh, base it off of that, you know, and I always wanted to be listenable. So like, I guess to answer your question, we're, you can have good musicianship and be commercial too. And I feel like we like straddle that line pretty good. Like we, our songs are catchy. People will hear them once and they'll sing them along, but they're not just garbage lyrics. You know? Right. But I, I don't know. I just um, I think that. Well, I
0: mean, that, that's as a fan and someone that's listened to your album about a million times so far. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, I might have a problem. I need to go to rehab for it. But, like, that's what I love about your guys' music is that there's stories contained within the song. You know, it's just not like, you know, my bitch better have my money. <laughs> no, yeah shout out to Rihanna, right? <laughs> you know, or like that where you're just like, there's like, you listen to that song, you're like, what the fuck was that song about? Exactly. Instead of like, here's a story about love and loss. Here's a story about recovering from a breakup. And and like you almost get these mental – when I listen to your guys' album or albums, you get mental pictures of the story that was going on. And, And like you say, it's almost a way that you can experience that with that person. I think you guys do a great job. And I think, you know, with my amateur psychology degree, that the reason you write so many damn love songs is the John Mayer influence, I think.
1: Yeah, no, and the thing is, I'm well, see that to myself. I always say that it shows them like I don't write a lot of love songs, but I guess I do, but they're more like heartbreak songs. I get that from Randy Rogers more, but yeah, I'm not really lovey-dovey, but we have summertime love and love me in the water. But I guess we do have a few love songs. But yeah, see,
0: see, that, that's called a therapy breakthrough, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I,
1: yeah I, I don't know.
2: Recently, we don't have that many love recently, songs. Recently, yeah, though.
0: I think it was a state. Like I said, your high always, school stage.
2: Yeah, my high school
1: stage, man. I was.
2: You well,
0: know. I mean, I get it, right? I mean, yeah. you're at home. You don't I'm guessing you don't have a girlfriend at that time. Uh, no, at
1: that back in high school. Yeah, or? no, I went through the, the high school breakup, and I, felt, you know. <laughs> Oh, she did me so wrong, all this stuff, and I wrote all those tunes. But right. I always say that, too. I'm like, I'm a terrible liar. I can write a shitty song, trust me. But I'm <laughs> saying, I can't, like, just, oh, like, people are like, oh, man, that song is so good. Oh, why was it good? Because they felt it. Why? Because it's real.
0: Because you felt it. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. I can't
1: just make up, throw lyrics together and be like, oh, it was a great song. It's like, no, it's, it's something that happened. It just happens to be in 4-4 time and it has a good melody. But it's a real story. You know what I mean? like. So
0: that brings me to my next question, which is your guys' creative process. So, you know, we're Facebook official friends, uh, now, <laughs> right? And I saw the other day that you uh, you just took your iPhone and you recorded a song and you were playing it for people and stuff like that. So how do you collect ideas for songs? Kind of what's your guys' process from taking from idea Laura to... does
1: all the songwriting. I
2: do. It's a secret. I'm actually... What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I just hear Cleto. No. Oh, my goodness. No. The, uh, news exclusive you know. here. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: a secret. It, is it collab? Aberative, Laura? I mean, is it, or no, is it where all. he kind of brings a song and then you guys kind of find the instrument? I mean, so what is the process for you guys to, to go? I mean, he, he is, writes
2: all of them. I mean, he, I think he sits in his room, you know, and writes a good song. No, I do or sits I don't, in the garage. I don't drinking do much beer. writing.
1: <laughs> I don't know how many songs I've actually in the past year or so. I do it. It's all in my head. Like, I don't ever write shit down, which I probably should, but I, I always, I'm always writing a song. Yeah, I'm always thinking of stuff I'm driving. You know, I hear a melody or something, or I'm just, I'm always thinking about stuff, and then finally, when it gets to that point, maybe I'll write it down all at one time, but that's why it takes me a long time to do stuff, but I just, just live, man. I mean, you know, like you said, it's... So you get your inspiration from living. Yeah, just from being alive and... Times are hard, When times are hard. You write a sad song. When times are great, you write a love song. You know, and you know, I guess that just so happened why people enjoy. I think people enjoy music because it's relatable. That's all it is. It's just I'm just writing stuff. Like I went through a recent breakup, and I you mean now things are great. But at the time, a life where we work out—that was that new song you're talking about. Oh, you know, right. what would life be like if uh, things had worked out, and you got married and had kids, and you know, you got a front porch, and you're sitting there watching your kids and watching the sunset, and you know pulling off on a dirt road and Banging your wife or something like that, you know what I mean? Like you know, I, 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 it was the, really romantic
0: until you said that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Right, yeah. I
1: had to. I don't want people to think, man, that guy's a big softie. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
0: So you, know, you know, I, just, what I, mean? I loved it's just her like... tenderly, and then I just pulled off the dirt road and I just banged
1: her right there. Like, okay, well, yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. probably wasn't very smart. No, no, sorry, no, sorry dude, mom. You, you, no, you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mijo, I tell you better than this. Like, Mijo, yeah, it was really cute until you said bang. Yeah, yeah. It was
0: like I have some friends. We actually we met them down in Mexico at this resort, and they were new they're on their honeymoon and they were talking about how they met and all that and i was like it was like romantic you know it was a super romantic story i was like oh that's awesome and, and they're like yeah we met at this concert we had a great time and all that and then i took them to a porta potty and we had sex and i was like see <laughs> up until that point it was like an oprah moment and then you ruined yeah. it with the and we had porta potty sex like, you know, like, sh- well uh, i apologize you know. to all the uh,
1: listeners that are pg but yeah yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's, and there's no pg listeners here i promise you <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. just uh so it's a time process you, I mean, you, you have to live life, and you have to experience those exactly. things. Exactly,
1: My dad used to tell me, you need to be, you know, writing new stuff and all that stuff, and I would just tell him when I'm ready to write that song, it's going to come out whether I want to or not, but they used to be more, you need to start writing. Something. They weren't, but not in a negative way. They're so supportive, but just like you're working on anything new, and I'd be like, oh, not not here, here lately, just so it's all up here. Right. But whenever I ever wrote that new song, A Life Will we Work Out, he, he heard it, and he really liked it, and he's like, it finally clicked to him he i mean he told me i finally understand what you're saying about you know cuz i used to tell him I was like you know i can write a song but it's going to be terrible if you want me to write a song right now i mean it's going to be a terrible song but it takes time for you know it just it's just i just try to be real. So it's, it's a
0: creative process. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's what I try to explain to people too when I'm doing different things. It's like we're always creative people I find. Their brain is always on and it's always taking that time and it's like it may not look like, I always joke with my wife, I'm like I know it looks like I'm killing prostitutes here on Grand Theft Auto but I'm really working on whatever it is that I need to do just because you have to give your time, your brain time to kind of bring that stuff to the forefront and make you feel like, man, okay, now I'm ready to finally do that. Yeah. So you write it and then how does it go? from you writing it to kind of bringing the band. What, what, Laura, what's your process with that? Like when he brings something to the group, is that something where you guys kind of sit down and, and you say, okay, I think I've got something here? We or- don't. We
2: just kind of, um, well, it used when it just was Clodo and me playing his original stuff. I hadn't even heard it half the time. He'd just tell me the key and be like, oh, okay, I can play that. Uh, but now we kind of sit together, I guess, if you want to call that a process. We're in band practice. He's like, I wrote a new song, guys. We're just sitting on the porch drinking you know, beer in the garage and... Write a new song, and everyone just kind of starts jamming, and yeah, and then it's something good comes out of it, or it doesn't.
0: So at what point do you guys get it to a point where you're like, okay, we're ready to either write this or track it, like to where, you know, because I mentioned consistency. I mean, I understand the creative process takes a little bit, but where do you guys kind of flatline that to where, okay, this is how we're going to play it a majority of the time?
1: Uh, I think recording helped out a lot with that. It's not before we recorded, we were kind of just like, um We don't know how things work. You go in the studio and I guess you play stuff you play stuff and they record it. It's like no, you go you do your homework and it is written down to the, the second what you're gonna play. And like I think everyone has that mentality now of we're not just gonna play some bullshit, like we're gonna they write their parts, you know, like so that every time we play it the same it's not just mumbo jumbo, but recording helped out a lot with that. Even for myself, like don't waste a line and a song or You know, does that chord need to really be there at the end? Or And, like, you were asking me if Reed, does he play the same solo every time? And I'm like, yeah, dude, Reed's like a robot. I'm telling you, without even me telling him, he would just, I'm going to write a solo to that and plays it the exact same every time, so there's consistency there, you know?
0: Wow. So recording really kind of helped bring that, that, uh, a little structure maybe to that process. I mean, that's the
1: end goal, you know? Like, we play live shows, and the live show can differ, but recording is forever. You know what I'm saying? So people are going to hear that every time, but you can't go in the studio and be like, Scott, my our producer, he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I've seen some badasses, you know, they go in the studio and they're just like, we'll just do it live and just, we'll feel it. He's like, I was never that good. He's a great guitar player, but he's like, you know, I had to practice and write it down, but I've seen some guys that, that can do that, but, right. you know, it's just, it's a lot of preparation. You just got to kind of know what your end goal is for the song. You know?
0: So for Come May, how it was uh, five, six songs? Five. five. And how long of a recording process was it for you guys?
1: <laughs> we started recording, it hit record in January, the last week of January, I think. And um, we didn't wrap it. We didn't start till it was over. Uh, and we got the CDs in hand it was like a week before our CD release. So it was in May. So it, it took like five months of Recording and mixing and all that stuff, but the actual like recording, going in there and you know playing instruments, that took a few months. Right. But I mean, you can. I mean, Scott's told me, man, if we wanted to, we can rent the whole studio for a whole month, and you can record every single day, and we can have it mixed, mastered, and at the end of a month. But you know, sometimes quality will suffer because you don't have that extra night of sleep. Of did I like that mix, or you know what I mean? Right. it's, It's a long. It's a long process. It's it's a very long process, and I absolutely hate recording, <laughs> like with the passion. But I mean, it's necessary,
0: right? And you, you get to do it again here when you guys hear yes. the full album here. Yeah, full quick. album's
1: gonna be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I never thought when I finally got the mastered CD back to me, and like I, I told you that. I mean. I pulled it up, and it said, like, 18 minutes or something in six seconds. And I was like, hey, Jason, come in here. And I was like, look at that, dude. 18 minutes and six seconds cost $6,000. That's like, isn't that insane? $6,000 in and a lot of who knows how much time and how much, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and sleepless nights. But it's finally here. But it's just crazy how expensive it is you know yeah
0: no it definitely is and I, I definitely want to talk about that for sure about how young bands are able to support themselves and how fans can support you guys so you release the album or you're getting ready to release you guys do a music video which is pretty awesome right and that was just a combination if i remember us uh, talking about this earlier it's a combination of live shots from different venues you guys had played and and then did you actually hire a videographer yeah dude
1: or? I'm, I'm telling you man I- like I said, it's not a religious broadcast or nothing. But I, I tell you, I give credit to God because everything is always worked out in my favor. Right? People are always like, "Man, you are really great," or "Man, I love the video," or they say such nice things. But I've like I told Lord the other day, I was like, I just feel you know, not I don't feel guilty, but I'm like, I mean, I'm not doing very much. I'm just doing. A little bit, and right. things just work out in our favor. We met the videographer. People find us. Right. He reached out to us and said, Hey, man, I've been wanting to work with you for a while, and he gave us a great deal. And now we're I mean, good buddies. went to West Texas Live and had a few beers. Like he, he's a good guy, Tanner Griggs of Nighthawk Productions, but makes great videos. And he's just like, these people seeked us out, and I didn't have to do anything. Like You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they came to you, right? Yeah, yeah I, don't,
1: like- I don't mean that arrogantly. It's just everything is always fell into place. Like with meeting Laura... What are the odds? I would have met her maybe at blue light or something later, but it was all this situation that I got just invited off the cuff, I come to this party, right, so we met Lauren. Got her, we got her number, and you now we play. I mean, who knows if we'd be playing? Then he ignored together. her for three months. Yes.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, and then yeah. he invites me over to his garage to jam. Why did I say us? Yes? Okay, exactly. Nice. Yeah.
0: Okay, all right. So a sure little thing. naive on her part. She's like, sure, a bunch of guys, a garage, bring my fiddle. Okay, call me. Like, up. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: I can't speak for everyone in the band, but I can speak for myself. I, you know, I don't know how they feel about all you know that stuff, but I just feel like fade or you know, just have you know. God, someone's looking out for us that things just work out. You know, like, you know, you just offered us this podcast. That why do you want to talk to me for an hour? Like, right. I don't know, but it's like, you know, just have a lot of cool opportunities, you know. People seem to like us. I don't know, I always joke around. It's like, maybe it's my boy charm, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like... all a, those
0: damn love songs that <laughs> yeah. just fall all over the years, <laughs> just right? cra- yeah. It's just
1: crazy, man. I, and I don't know, I'm like, with recording, people were so generous. People in life are always going to tell you what you can't do. Right. You know, that doesn't take any work oh, you can't do that. You're going to be a musician? That's not ever going to work out. But, you know, the lady that, our project manager at Pledge Music told me, no, I don't think you can raise $5,000. She's like, I think we should set a modest goal at 2000 And she's doing her job. Right. Because if we don't make the money, they don't make money. Right, yeah. So she told me... Pledge, th-
0: right, if it doesn't
1: fund, you're yeah, out. Yeah, we're done. So yeah. I was like, $2,000 ain't going to freaking, you going know, to wash wash my truck. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. or, I don't even, you know, it's not going to do anything for the CD, like, but So I was like, I know. I was like, she's like, due to your social assets on Twitter and Facebook, I just, and you don't have a mailing list, I don't see how you can do that. Who are these uh, heavy bidders that, you know, oh, yeah. who have the po- deep pockets? Who have the deep pockets? I told yeah. her, we have a lot of people backing us. They have deep pockets. They want to help. They want to help us. Right. And, you know, who are these people? How are you going to reach them? Uh, you need their emails, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I refused to take no for an answer. I said, I'm sorry, but $2,000 is not going to cut it. We need to, and we're going to raise. The five thousand dollars we raised it in nine days. Holy cow! And she said we couldn't do it. We raised five thousand dollars in nine days. What? Wow!
2: Over five thousand dollars. Over five. Over. It was almost
1: six. But yeah. Like I said, and I don't say that arrogantly. That's I don't. Like I said, I don't do much. Right. I just you know do what I can. People have Always been so good to us, right? That's why that's
0: crazy yeah. five thousand dollars in nine days. That's just av- and, and where did a bulk of that come from from user base oh, yeah. or people discovering you, or
1: the majority of his family and friends, right? You know, and um, uh, like I said, we had people in the UK that they bought a CD, I mean, right, it cost me ten dollars to ship it over there, but they still bought a CD, it was awesome, right? You know, people in Pennsylvania, Florida that I don't even know, I mailed CDs to California, it's like why but I don't know why they either but heard it,
0: something or something yeah resonated, it's cool
1: right? and I had someone message us like last week on from California hey man I just wanted to stop by and say hi they're like a really love your sound he's like you know what's it called are you ever going to come out to the west coast sometime and i'm just like that is bizarre because you're just this little band out of lubbock <laughs> right. right and you're getting calls to come ah, out to cali and right? i told him man, it's going to be a while for on the west coast i appreciate the <laughs> kind words thank you so much i'm and just and, trying to break into amarillo right now yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. but it's nuts man it's like why i don't know why but we have something good going and uh I just like i said whether i can say it on here or not like i give credit to god because that's the reason that people I, and like, you know, that's a touchy subject and I'm like, we're not going to get too deep into it, but I'm just saying that people have asked me, like even some of my songwriter buddies, Hey, let's get together and write a song or, Hey man, let's, uh, like, how did you do that? And I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, just, that's what God wants me to do. And that's why I do it. And right. like, that's the simplest answer I can provide. Right. So I, you know, yeah. and, and I can't tell you how we did it that quickly or why did they like y'all more than us? We were just the opener. Like, I don't know, man. Like I just, so but that's my answer on that. But, uh.
0: Yeah and, no man I'll, I get I'll it. Go off I, on that yeah tangent. and I'm not we're not gonna say, I'm not about censorship here and if that's your yeah. answer that's a great answer man and that's awesome the whole point of talking about the video was then you spent twenty whole American dollars on that <laughs> advertising it on Facebook is that right Yeah
1: yeah, yeah so crazy.
0: get this ladies, they record a video right they find this guy you know, they they work it they do this video it's a good video it's not like you know it's not an MTV crib style where like but it's it's it on it's a a, but it looks great then you go okay well i don't know anything about this facebook thing but i'm going to spend 20 bucks on it and then what happens when you spend that money
1: uh we had more i think we had in the first few days or four days we had more organic views than we did paid views like thirteen thousand people have seen it but i've only paid 20 bucks right and i told our video guy that and he's like dude that's in he's like wait how much did you spend i was like 20 he's like i won't mention any names or nothing." he's just like man i've had some guys spend like five times that or more and they're they don't have that many views. It's just... Yeah, and it's not $20 a day. You just spent 20 bucks.
0: Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we're doing this every day. It was just like, I oh, here's 20 bucks. and more, we'll see what happens. It was
1: organically shared. People just shared it. Their friends shared it. Friends of friends of friends. It went viral a little bit, you know.
0: And then, from that, you got your booking agent.
1: Yeah, three days after the video came out, we had an offer from Atomic, and uh, it was because of the music video. And I said the music video was kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to listen. And it It's like, no, it was just like... I think we should make a music video for this like just kind of off the cuff like I think we should you know and
0: what I love is that you go in the totally different right you're making CDs when no one's buying CDs and then you're like well, you know music vid- even MTV refuses to show music videos but we're gonna make one because I yeah. think making- and it works out like you say it goes viral people are sharing it organically you guys find your booking agent which really leads you guys up to today where you guys are trying to expand your reach trying to get more shows trying to get out there more how does that work because you guys have an interesting dynamic that how many of your players are still in college?
1: Two of them. And yeah. Laura, too. She, Laura is getting her doctorates. What are you getting your doctorate in? I'm
2: actually getting my PhD in music. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. So
1: you're quite so, you're <laughs> committed at this point. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, um, right.
2: I'm almost done with that, so So, then they're going to have to be called me doctor.
0: Right, that's great. Dr. Laura? Yeah, that'd be great. Dr. Jane. Yeah, Dr. Jane, I like that better. So that's got to be unique because on top of trying to to get the business side and and get out there and get known, you guys have the real world constraints of classes and homework and stuff like that.
1: It's just another thing I could worry about or I could just say it is what it is and right. we're gonna do fine we're but, gonna you know we're, yeah it's, it's it's something else you know like my guitar player has have a test tomorrow or right. hey man I can't leave Friday until this time because I have a test or something like we'll work around it but not going to change, you know. Flatline's not going to fall apart because well, kids are in school.
0: And the thing when we talked about this last week, when we were talking about the thing that struck me was that, you know, never once did you say, yeah, we'll just find some different people. You yeah. know, like, we'll just find some non-college grads, you know, or people that are already graduated. That The loyalty is there to keep this group intact.
1: I think, you know, the concept of a band has kind of fallen off as well. Like, people, you know, there's a lot of... I could have been a Coleto Cordero band. I don't think we would have been this... I think the songs would have been the same. Right. But... I wanted to, like you said, I wanted to give that to, don't put the spotlight on me. I didn't play guitar. I didn't play fiddle in the song. I didn't play the drums. Like, give them some spotlight. You know, like, I, I looked up to Turnpike so much. And the thing is, I knew the face of every person, that, of every member in Turnpike. And I, they seemed to have a quality, a character, and, you know, because they're a band. Right. You know, and I can't tell you some other guys in the, the circuit that, aren't bands they're bands you know what i mean but oh that's just so-and-so's fiddle player or it's like no they're in flat they're po-
0: you're right yeah so instead of it's yeah that person plays with cleto it's this is yeah, part of the band it's not it's
1: not just me i mean it's a group effort you know what i mean and no i i, I, I didn't yeah. want to record i i did not want to hit record and we didn't have the i think some people try to you know i don't know we always had a game plan you know i've always had a game plan but i'm i i do not know like some people want to do stuff before you have this thing like record but you don't have a band or right. I always wanted to play with people that I enjoyed and I almost recorded you know I was in that just an idea but didn't go through like oh I'm gonna come make it a happen two years ago because right. I had the songs but right. I wanted it to be my band on there because you know guys like Turnpike and like anyone can have a studio quality album with studio musicians but guess what it's gonna sound the same Right. But, yeah maybe we were, we're not studio musicians but what you see is what you get and you get it on the, the CD and then you go to the show and it's the same. So, and I always, I always wanted that. And like I said, you know, Flatland falls apart, uh, all that stuff. Or we, you know, we, we get older and we decide, Hey guys, we had a good run. You know, let's, you know, it's time to call it quits. Maybe I'll look at a studio musician or something, but I can always call these cats up and say, Hey man, I'm recording another CD. You right. guys want yeah, hop yeah. in the studio? But yeah, man, it's just, like I said, it's life's about making relationships with people and, like you said, it's it's not about the money. It's about and like yeah, I can't live off of people's good words. And they say, oh, we liked your song. That's not gonna feed me right. every month. But. You know, yeah. it feeds your soul. You know, like I always wanted to. Or if that person, you know, likes
0: you enough, then goes, "Hey, I got a podcast, and we want, or exactly. you know, like Chase yeah, the website I mean, I, mean, I mean, like if it, you can influence the influencers, you know, yeah. by putting out good stuff, then they spread that message for you. So it's not even what you guys have to do. Now it's like we have this whole crew that will help kind of spread the message and exactly, get it out there. Man. That's, yeah.
1: that's the way to do it, man. I, like I said, I don't, I don't have a clue. Right. That's why I don't, I don't take credit for. People tell me nice stuff, and I just feel like I can't. I tell him thank you, and, you know, my dad gave me awesome advice. He said, like, let it go to your heart, not your head. Right. As you become a household name. And he told me that whenever we had a little story. We were in the paper, the local, and the Texas Tech paper, maybe. We played a little benefit show crickets. We're nobody's Right. Then. We're still nobodies, but we were nothing then. And it was just a little, nice little thing someone wanted to do for us. And we are just a cover band, you know. And my dad's like, you know, I sent it to him. Hey, Dad, making you proud, made it in the paper. Right. It's nothing to look at now, but... The time, you know, and he's like, you know, as you become a household name, you know, let the fame and all the good things people say, let it go to your heart, not your head. And that just always stuck with me.
0: Yeah, because you've seen the opposite side. Yeah. Someone gets a little bit oppressed, you know, they're like, fuck "Mm. you. I'm out, bitches. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: telling you. Yeah, right. And I said, I won't mention any names because that's not the way I am. But I've heard it's it's heartbreaking because like I'm everyone is, like you said, are, are influenced There's influencers, like people that I look up to a lot. Some of the people that I moved to Lubbock for. Right. Man, I want to do that, what they're doing. And I've just heard so many terrible things about people. And I'm like, man, like people are going to just say one bad thing about you and no one's going to say, oh, but he also did this, this and that. He's a great guy, but that just was one isolated incident. Right. But no, man, like you do, if you're a jerk or you're a, you know, fucking asshole to people or all you care about is yourself, like people are going to know that. And like, why would... They're gonna spend their hard-earned money to go watch some prick on stage. They right. won't sign your autograph or yeah, they will not want take a picture with you. Or they're right. just a, they're just a jerk. Like no, nah, man, I don't want to. Be
0: that. Yeah, I can't even remember the band's name. That's how much of an impact they had on me. But they rocked up at Blue Light. me, it was it was Chase and I. We were up there, we were the only people. It was like a private show almost, you know. And they get off the stage, we give them a few minutes to break down, we go up and do, hey, you guys were great, we loved it, stuff. And like they could care less what we had to say. And they like kept looking over the bar, and it's like I wanted to tell the guy, like, I'm sorry, did you have a whole audience here that because it just looks like it's just us. Like, you yeah. know, there's, there's four people in this bar. You're two, we're two, do the man but it's it just after that I just told I was like man I'm done like if you can't even accept me coming up to you and being like hey you were great and yeah. like I'm not I wasn't asking for an autograph I wasn't asking for anything it's just like but it does amaze me that people and you know and then you're like okay you know like who is this person again like what is the deal so so I think humility
1: is always a great thing Way to go man I, and yeah it's, maybe it's not humble to say you're humble or oh, I'm humble yeah <laughs> I'm <laughs> humble I mean? humble brag hashtag <laughs> yeah hashtag right, i'm yeah. humble yeah right yeah <laughs> no okay, it's how like,
0: humble i am by being humble yeah no, right? but
1: yeah dude, it's like, like I said, I never wanted to be like people that I was like, I can't man, like what? Are you sure that they did that or they said that right. they said that to you? Or you know, someone that you know they were big fans of and they're like, Man, they were really they acted like that to you and they're like, Yeah, it's like, man, I don't I don't everyone no one's ever gonna be able to say that about me unless right. it, unless it was I'm like three sheets to the wind, I'm just wasted or you know what I mean, like I'm not myself at the end of a show or, or if something. You, if you everyone, wake
0: up the next day and you have photos on your phone you don't remember taking yeah. and you're like, I'm gonna post this to Instagram yeah. and uh, yeah.
1: But yeah, man, it's a. Uh, I never why do something that you know you don't like? I, like you don't like in other people, why would you do that to someone else, right? So yeah. So
0: you guys have the album; it got released. You guys had a big album release party. I, I want to share this story with you, so you guys—it's a teaching moment for me to you. So we go to the show. You guys packed it. You guys had a great audience. I was actually—I'm very impressed. Every time you guys play, you guys have a great audience that seems to come and support. So I go up, and I'm like, "Hey, yeah, you know, t-shirt," and they're like, "Oh, yes, yeah, twenty bucks." And the CD seven, and I was like, "Okay, great." I was like, "But I'm not carrying this all night." So I'm like, "I'll just pick it up the other night." So you guys rock it out. We have a great time. I go up there, right? I've had a few uh, adult beverages to go up there right and I go up there and I'm like yeah I want a CD and thing and she's like it's $30 and I was like no it's not it's 27 and she goes yeah we take advantage of drunk people at the end of the night and I was I just didn't like know that either. and I, didn't I just know that and I laughed either. so hard because I thought that's brutal honesty I love it so I paid her the 30 bucks it's the best money I've spent but I just I, <laughs> I just, just laughed here. I was just like that if you're not doing that intentionally you need to do that well, because they're lawyers. it's like yeah if you buy before the show it's Seven, but if you wait till after, it's $10. Thank you very <laughs> much. So, so it was good. It was definitely good. It's funny.
1: I felt bad. I was like, man, I owe him three
0: bucks. No, no, no. It's, it, it was great. I griped <laughs> at Chase. I was like, did you catch that? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I got nothing. I was like, okay. Well, good. Me either. So no, it was good. I think you guys should do that at all your shows. And speaking of shows, you guys are going to be touring a lot more. Have you guys done or had a lot of windshield time so far? Or is this kind of going to be a new experience kind of being on the road? Five people packed into one small, tiny
1: van. Yeah, my parents are awesome. They bought me a new truck, but we're not in a van yet. I'm sure when that time comes, it'll be soon. But uh, we've just done West Texas, really, Amarillo, Lubbock, and Midland. And uh, yeah, we're fixing to be playing places like, you know, Fort Worth, San Angelo, Austin, Houston. Yeah, we're fixing to be all over. So what
0: are you looking forward to by doing that? And what's the one thing you're like, oh, man.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, just uh, playing for people that don't know who the hell we are, right. and making new relationships, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm most looking forward to. I'm not, being on the road sometimes, is, it gets old, but, but we all, like, the thing about us, we all enjoy each other's company, for the most part, we can get annoyed with each other, but we just laugh and shit on the, you know, on the road, everyone's saying something stupid, Johnny's <laughs> buying pork rinds at the gas station, The car the smells car, so bad. <laughs>
2: God. Yeah, our drummer
1: Jason just, you know, that guy's a goofball. He just...
0: No, uh, just have a no corn nuts policy. That's, uh, like, I can handle pork rinds, but corn nuts, like, especially like the sour cream and ranch <laughs> or whatever, it's like, uh, oh, dude, oh my goodness. like, yeah, just eat sardines or something. It'll smell yeah. better than that. Yeah. That's mostly, We're like a
2: family, yeah. a big relationship. Well, how about
0: you? I mean, being the only girl on the road, right? Having to deal with these sweaty, stinky guys who are like, oh, pull my finger and fart. Because you guys are family. Like, that's got to be... I mean, do you have brothers and sisters that have prepared you? I mean, I'm
2: mean, i in the middle of five, oh, Okay, uh, but I had one brother, and he doesn't do any of that, so it was, it was an experience, but um, I don't <laughs> I mean, know. I just, it was an
0: experience. It, it, tra- you know? it traumatized me. And- <laughs> I
2: just sit in the middle and right. <laughs> take it. And
0: just, can we open a window, please? No, it was yeah. funny.
2: We went with No Drag County over Easter, and so it was... 10 guys and me in a van that was and after that i was just like well
1: well i'm, I'm part of know, crew, right? i don't want to back i think They're i just I, like, no, it was just it was a raunch a raunch fest just everyone just being you know guys i
2: changed in a trailer and then they decided to lock me in the trailer and i was like yep
0: nice nice <laughs> yeah. i like that well the easygoing personality is definitely gonna help like, on
1: the road yeah it's like she has you know four older brothers even though she's the oldest you know everyone's gonna look out for her because she's a girl but she can she can fend for herself but i mean it's not like we treat her like a girl. We're just like they don't. No, we don't treat her like a girl. We don't play no favorites or nothing. But, or also if there's a guy being creepy with her, she's got four D's yeah. in the band and be like, hey D, would you back off? Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: You know what? Actually, she's not interested in talking to yeah. you. Thank you very
1: much. Yeah, we have to go somewhere that doesn't involve you
0: being yeah, seriously. So, so but- one of the things I noticed last night, kind of just observing from afar, is the tightness of the music community. So you guys were there kind of hanging out before the show and there were different artists kind of coming up. And what was interesting to me was to see the dynamic of the artist kind of having this super tight-knit, almost like, hey, these are my friends that I haven't Mm -hmm. seen in a while. But also what was interesting to me is kind of see the dynamic of other people trying to approach you guys during that time. And I I don't know the best way to describe it. Basically, like, you, you saw people that were either fans or maybe even, like, worked for the venue or kind of were friendly. But it was interesting to me to see that it was like, they would be let in a little bit, but there was still this tight community that it was like, it's just us. Like, it's just our moment right now. We're sharing this time with each other and like no one else. And since I've got to know more musicians, I've noticed that more and more where it's like, if you're not a musician, you're never going to get into that group like you would if you played in a band because they don't experience the same stuff that you, no matter if they're friends or family or people Mm -hmm. that even work for you guys. And I got to think that's pretty awesome to know that you're supported by a group of people at all times that would help i I don't know if that's really a question more than a statement but do you guys notice that or do you feel that
1: yeah i was uh this guy actually it's pretty strange he said that uh, one of the guys that put it on he was telling me about that so do you know rodney parker or do you know charlie shafter i was like you know those guys i'm like thing is i know them but i don't know them right they're lubbock songwriters they're from you know around the era they play here a lot it's like i know of them and i mean i'm sure they know me by name too well, I don't mean that arrogantly either, but it's like, I'm sure they know who I am, but, you know, we just know each other. Like, like Ronnie Parker played my guitar last night. I don't even know who he is. I mean, we never shook hands or nothing. Right. So he played my guitar. It's just like, yeah, I mean, he just, it's just like he said, it's close knit. with just, I know like every Lubbock songwriter down here, like just by hanging out at the Blue Light or, you know golfing or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so tightening.
0: That is crazy. You know, kind of going back to where we got started, you know, you had your choice between Austin and here and Austin is music city, you know, it's got Sixth street, you got all that stuff going on. What made you say like, okay, I'm going to choose Lubbock. And then also the second part of the question is I've noticed a lot more people like Dalton Domino and and more people that are coming from the 806 that are releasing albums and, and kind of making a name in this area from being in this area or around. So why do you think you pick Lubbock over Austin, and why do you think Lubbock is kind of starting to get a name
1: for the Texas music scene, if you will? Uh, it's crazy. Like I said, whenever, I think from the outside eye or people that don't, aren't musically inclined, or just hear what people say, like Austin's like, oh, a lot of music capital of the world, but to musicians, uh, no one talks about, like musicians never play in Austin. You know, at, it's I'm, true. It's unless it's like at the Nutty Brown Cafe. You don't
2: really get paid either. Because yeah, there's the so theme. many musicians, so... Some have a fighting chance and love it.
1: It's just bizarre, because I wouldn't move... I mean, I'd move to Austin to live there, but you never hear of musicians playing there because, like you said, you don't make any money. No, it's
2: true.
0: It's like that or stubs, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's only going to be, like, established... You know bands that I've seen at Stubbs. I don't think they have like an open mic or night or, or maybe they do. Um, all right. Well, I know that we're against the time crunch and I kind of want to wrap everything up. So we talked about where you started. We talked about where you guys are right now. And you seem to be a pretty goal-driven individual or someone that clearly has a plan. So if we're having this conversation a year <laughs> from today...
1: I don't know if I have a plan. Right, right.
0: Or at least uh, an hour. I have a vision. Uh, so a year from today, what is your vision for Flatland, A California? year
1: from today. What's today? June... It's my birthday it's J. J. <laughs> <Yeah>. your birthday <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, so, so yeah
0: that's, <laughs> this is actually
1: a great question what are your goals on your birthday uh, it's not a great
0: question when the guys hung over like I don't want to think, sir I just want to have a good time
1: yeah a year from today I think we'll have a top 10 song on the Texas music charts I think we'll be an established band with demand that people want like a must see act and yeah just, I'll be as bold to say possibly we'll have a number one I, uh, the full CD will come out and it's going to be, you know, people, we did the EP on purpose to get people excited, you know, but we're going to come back and knock it out of the park with the full album and have a few number ones on there, and we're going to, you know, let people know that, you know, we're the next thing, you the, know. The next we're, Luke Bryant. Is that okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to start shaking my ass more on I'm going to get them some skinny jeans. Some tie- there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get some skinny jeans. No. Birthday present. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'll, I guess I'll boldly say that this is our breakthrough year. Our breakthrough, yeah, breakout year, but next year will be our, you know, when people really know who we are all over Texas. And, I mean, you're going to have people that don't know who you are, but we're going to have people who are going to like our music all over Texas. That's my goal. I want to open up for Turnpike, Randy, Wade. I want to go golfing with Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen these are some goals. Hey man, you got a dream. Hey, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to be the naysayer. You don't like that person to be like, that's not realistic. Yeah, I, yeah. Like
1: I said, people can tell you what you can't do, but like, like Larry Joe Taylor puts on the biggest music festival in Texas, you know? And I'm not saying arrogantly, I'm just making an example. Like, uh, Larry Joe emailed me Sunday. Hey, just wanted to invite you to our annual pool party. No need to bring booze or our food. Text me if you can come. And then he signed off LJT, and we were texting yesterday. Like, right. I'm texting the guy that puts on the biggest music festival in Texas, and, he, and I'm telling him, hey, uh, or he texted me. He texted me. Right. Hey, man, uh, just want to let you know, uh, if you want to bring a guest, we'll have a, another uh, a guest bedroom if you'd like to bring a guest. And I told him. Uh, hey, I'm. Thank you very much. I was like, Hey, I'm. I'm I'm Hispanic. Do I need to bring any chips and salsa or guacamole? <laughs> right. and he said. He said no, but we are going to be pouring concrete. Nice. It's like. It's like, dude, I'm shooting the breeze with yeah. Larry Joe Taylor. Yeah. If you would have t- asked me last year, you're never going to meet Larry Joe Taylor. You're never going to be friends with him. Like, you just got a dream, man. Right. I, that's. I have big dreams. We're going to do awesome things, and Laura's going to get her doctorates, and Jason's going to, you know, graduate from OT school, We're gonna, you know, but everyone's going to do, you know, be successful, but. Flatland's going to be the next big thing, and seeing it from a humble place, you know humble brag yeah. Hashtag humble, humble brag. Brag. yeah, yeah right yeah, but yeah, man if you got to dream because why else why are we doing this what are you going to do next year, Clodo? uh i hope uh I hope uh we play the blue light again or or i don't know what i 'm going to do no you got to have a you got to dream man
0: I agree with that one hundred percent, so I, I lied that wasn't my last my last question <laughs> to you is this: how is the best way? for fans from afar up close whatever to support local and live music but more than that live musicians like yourself because like i know pledge music you guys did for the campaign but i'm not interested in making a record label rich i'm not interested in making a venue rich i'm interested in helping any way that i can with the actual bands themselves so for you guys what's the way that people
1: can best do that go to a show and buy a cd if you like the shirt at the end of the yeah. thing yeah pay the <laughs> extra three dollars yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah show, right. Yeah. you a little bit drunk maybe leave a tip <laughs> right no. <laughs> right no dude it's yeah just go to a show and you know enjoy the show and hopefully enjoy it enough that you'll buy the cd afterwards and because it's you know itunes is obviously the easiest way route but if you do go to the show and you want to have a hard copy that's where we make money is off of a uh, you know, merch sales, or it gets us further down the road. Well, see, I've
0: I've even done this. Like, I've gone up to bands and I'll say, "Is your album on Spotify?" And they'll, "Yeah, it is." Okay, how much is the album? It's ten bucks. Okay, right there's the ten bucks. You keep the CD because I'm just going to download it on Spotify. But that's that awesome. way, I get that's what I awesome. want, and you get it, and then you get to keep that CD so you can sell that to somebody that's not. Because it's, I told you this when we hung out last week. But it's, this is how far I think society's come. It's like we were driving back from uh, another musician show. We bought an album, and we were trying to. It was on Spotify. and we were trying to download it we couldn't we couldn't and we were like damn it we're just not going to be able to listen to it and uh, my buddy's wife hands us the CD and is like or you could just put the CD in the CD <laughs> and we had that You're was like totally not even in our frame of reference like we're trying to make satellites align to get this music to us and he's like oh we have this disc that you could put in so That's funny, ladies and gentlemen you guys got to go out you got to support live music you got to support amazing real true artists that write their music that sing their music that record their music that are out there every day for you Flatland Calvary this is been, I'm just going to say the best interview that I've done. Well, I appreciate on the podcast, that. Very much. You know, and it's I appreciate you. Uh, it didn't even
1: feel like it, like we, you know, yeah, like a long time. For, yeah, thank but, you. No, for well,
0: I'm us. glad to do it, and I'm glad. Thank you for waking up in your hungover state and still making it here. My eyes are
1: getting redder at the minute. Yeah, just that, yeah, from just trying not to fall out of this chair.
0: There you go. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Everyone, thanks so much for listening. I look forward to doing this again. If you guys have any questions or comments, you know how to reach me. And be sure to go check out Flatline Calvary at their domain and soon to be website yes, which is dude,
1: good. Call. I was just about to say that uh, you know, flatlandcavalry.com. Chase the web guy actually hooked us up with, with that website. So yeah, it'll love be it'll it be guy. up soon and it's cavalry, C A V A L O R, not calvary. We're not a Christian band. At least not yet.
2: not yet. So don't Google <laughs>
1: Flightline Calvary. It's cavalry. There you but. go. Yeah,
0: you might be after this interview. And pick up their CD on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, wherever you buy it. Come May. It's the EP. It's well worth the listen and the 7 or $10 that you have to pay for it. So thanks, everybody. We'll talk real soon. Thank you.